the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And today is the final message in this series called The Doorway, and that doorway is prayer. Where, yes, prayer changes things, but the first thing it changes is you. Here's Pastor Sean. This is Real Life Radio. We're going to wrap up this series that we've called The Doorway, Experiencing the Supernatural Through Prayer. Now, we've learned some very important principles. I want to be sure we get these down and we take them with us because I don't want us just to kind of wrap the series and move on. I think God wants us to be different. He wants us to be different as we grow in prayer. So I want us to, to kind of remember a few of these key things. Remember, God wants to do the supernatural. He does. He wants to do the supernatural. And, remember, and, and that means the things that only God can do. We've got to stop limiting God to what we can do. He wants to do the supernatural. And the doorway to su- the supernatural is what? Prayer. There you go. Thank you. It is prayer. That's what moves us from this realm of what we can do and the limitations that we have, which are real. We're not denying that. But why would we settle for what only we can do when God says, I have an entire wealth of resource I want to give you by my spirit if you'll engage in prayer, this communion, this communication with Father. The doorway to the supernatural is prayer. And remember, this very simple but kind of disturbing truth. Prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which leads to unbelief. And when you stop and think about the unbelief in the world around us and even in the church, that's a very challenging idea, and it is rooted in prayerlessness. And I want to say to you, I don't blame sometimes the world around us when they say, I don't believe, because if they've never seen the power of God, why should they? We're supposed to be people who, because of His Spirit and His presence, we're supposed to be a community that, because of His Spirit and presence, are seeing God move. And it doesn't mean everybody's going to all of a sudden fall on their knees and accept. But you can't deny it when you see the power of God. And prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which naturally leads to unbelief. We learn the secret of praying God's will, praying according to his will. Remember, we talked about some key things the Bible says we can ask for. You know, we can ask for wisdom. And no, we we are standing in God's authority. And he says, if we pray according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know we have what we ask for. And we looked at a number of things that we have the authority of Scripture to ask for. And that was just a few examples. There's a whole lot more that Father has for us that, as I've told you, we're, spiritually we're leaving money on the table. If we don't engage deeper in prayer, God has things for us that we are just saying, mm, no thanks, I'm fine. And you can't take that approach and then wonder why your spiritual faith seems so much below what the Scripture says it should be. Okay? A couple weeks ago, we talked about intercession. And this was one that was very powerful for me, even, just to be reminded of, of this idea that we have the power to step in. I don't care what it is. We have the power to step in, and we're never helpless, ever. 
So whether it's a relational issue with someone else, whether it's someone who won't even speak to us, someone halfway around the world, political situations around the world, through prayer we can make a difference. We are never helpless. This gift of intercession is one of the most powerful things in the universe, and it has been handed to us by our Heavenly Father. And so that's where we've come in our conversation. Today I wanted to talk about kind of the relational aspect, because you can't go deeper in prayer without understanding this is a relationship and relationships have an effect on us they really do i remember when i asked my wife lori to marry me all i could see was this absolutely beautiful girl that would join me in my totally unchanged life it was going to be exactly the same awesome i was gonna be as free as i was but i would just have this beautiful wife who would be with me it was going to be amazing that was my plan and i've told you guys before I didn't have the wisdom at the time to select someone like Lori. I didn't realize how many things God had had placed in her and prepared her for that I really needed in a companion and in a partner. All I knew, I met her, I go, she's gorgeous. (laughs) Check. And then, as a follower of Jesus, it was very important to me that my spouse share my faith, and I find out she loves Jesus. And I'm like, awesome! And then, and I get a little emotional as I say it, she cooked for me. (laughs) And the girl can cook. It's the trifecta. I mean, I I was like, I didn't walk. I ran to the jewelry store to work out a deal for a ring, you know? I found the perfect person. And that's the way, that, that was where I was at. I wish I could say it was a whole lot deeper and, you know, nope, she's beautiful, she loves Jesus, and she cooks. I was game on, right? So, yeah, it's a bunch of guys, duh, what else? And then there was the wedding day, which was awesome. But I'm convinced God kind of snickers at weddings because of our expectations, because I'm envisioning this beautiful girl now joining me on my totally unchanged life. And God knew, yeah, not so much. It kind of went different. Like from very early on, what had been my apartment and then became what was kind of my house became my bedroom, my room, because the house was now hers. And I, my stuff was in one room. What, 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 why, why, why? Because your stuff is ugly. My stuff is not ugly. My stuff is beautiful. Look at this goat head. That's a beautiful goat head. Your stuff is ugly. You can put your stuff however you want in your room. But but this is my house. Oh, it's still your house. I know, but I'm going to decorate it. And yes, technically, if you're into like attractive homes, sure, it was better. If you're into that sort of thing. What's bad is we then bought some property where I had a shed. So it went from my house to my room. I'm now in the place. It's my shed now, okay? I'm not even in the house. I can go in the house. I have permission to be in the house. But my stuff, which is ugly, is in my shed. Yeah. My diet, she's very concerned about my diet. Um, you know, she loves me, wants me to live a long life, and wants me healthy. So every day I get up, there's this little annoying tray in the kitchen, and it's filled with vitamins. I mean, these are horse pills, you know. I mean, big old. It's not like one little multivitamin that I can on my way. And there's this little tray with the vitamins and a little glass of water waiting for me. I'm like, that's nice. 
It's just like, why do I have to? I'm healthy, I'm fine. This is why. Take your pills. You know, you're... The other night, this is true story, true story. We're out to eat with a family at a burger place, right? Big, you know, a lot of burgers, a lot of types of burgers. And she turns and says to me, you want to split a turkey burger? <laughs> you, you read my mind, obviously. I was hoping you'd ask me to split a turkey burger. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? <laughs> a turkey burger with a gluten-free bun. We weren't terribly hungry, so we had considered splitting, but it's going to be a turkey burger with a gluten-free bun? Why not just, you know, kind of pour water on a french fry, and there we go. I'm like, are you kidding me? I ended up splitting the turkey burger with the gluten-free bun, which was whatever, but fortunately my son Ryan was with us. He got the burger that I usually get, okay? You know, big old blue cheese, nasty, you know, can't really hold it, but just dig in kind of face first thing. He got that and gave me some. Thank you, son, for hooking your dad up. <laughs> you saved my life and probably my man card as well. <laughs> and I learned an important principle. This is true. It Actually, uh, I learned it from one of our elders. If you don't order it, it doesn't count. You can eat some. Uh, no, this is true. The, I, I'm helping you now, Okay. If you don't order it, it doesn't count. You can eat it. Kurt Foyle is one of our elders. I mean, he's very fit, very health conscious, eats really well. Uh, I've never seen the man order French fries. He always orders something healthy. But if your French fries are available, he will throw down on your... I'm serious. I asked one of the other elders, have you ever seen him order fries? Nope, we've never seen him actually order fries, but he will finish up your fries in a second, and it doesn't count because he didn't order it. So... That's good news. Thankfully, my son was there to save me from myself and, you know, the health thing from, uh, with the turkey burger. Uh, sadly, um, my kids actually were raised on turkey bacon so that they will, at, they will choose, and I hate, I'm embarrassing to say this, they'll choose turkey bacon over regular bacon. I'm like, that's child abuse in some places. <laughs> Lori, we could, be, we could be arrested for this. So she cares deeply about my diet and works very hard at that. I don't even get me going on my money because she thought my spending habits and my kind of I don't care attitude was really cute when we were dating. The minute we got married and we had one bank account, you know, we realized we approach money differently. I think money is to be spent. She thinks money is to be saved, okay? And let me tell you something. You know what we've discovered from each other? We're both right. Money is to be spent, and money is to be saved. The problem is not the spender or the saver, and this may help some of you guys. The problem is what's the purpose that you're spending for? Or what's the purpose that you're saving for? Because either of those can be unhealthy and imbalanced if you're spending or saving for the wrong purpose. I'm different today when it comes to finances and God used my wife to help me walk in that. I know I have things today and I've been able to save and I've been able to do some things because of being married to my wife. And she's experienced some things and she's invested in some things because she's married to me. It's just the way it is. I have to tell you, at the end of the day, you need to know, um, my life has been awesome because of the woman that God gave me. It's just true. 
It really is. It's true. I refer to our anniversary as the day I won the marriage lottery. I didn't have the sense to know, but God knew. And here's the point. Here's why I'm telling you all that. One thing you need to understand, the deeper or the closer you get in a relationship, the more it changes things and it changes you. And what I want to say to you this morning is prayer is no different. It's really not. It's just another relationship. Prayer is the vehicle of our relationship with God. And the deeper you go in relationship, the closer you get, the more it changes you. And prayer is no exception. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in the series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch Pastor Sean in action, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I'd like to invite you to join us for a new teaching series called Bridges, Crossing from Here to There. Many of us go through life assuming we're experiencing all that there is. We have this sense that there's supposed to be more, but we don't really know where to start. This series will take a look at some important bridges that God has designed to take us from the mundane to the extraordinary. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Every weekend gathering is an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, just visit us online at reallife.org. We look forward to seeing you on the road to real life at River City Community Church. Welcome back to this message called, Are You Sure? This is Real Life Radio. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read you a lot of scripture today, but I guess that's okay because it's a Christian gig. Okay, so I'm going to do it. Jesus has told his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait there. Wait for the promised one. Wait for the Spirit. They watch him ascend, and so they go, and we're told in verses 13 and 14 of Acts 1. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, with Judas, the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Okay, note that phrase. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there's this group together, and they are praying together so much that Luke writes, it was constant. When they were together, they were praying. And you have to understand why. Here, they'd gone through this amazing roller coaster ride with Jesus. They'd left everything to follow Jesus. They recognized him as the Messiah. They saw him as the promised one. They'd left everything behind and put in everything they had with him. And then they watch him be crucified. Can you imagine? Your whole life, you'd left everything, and, and he's dead. And then on the third day, something they have no way to process even though he'd warned them he told them he rises from the dead and they start seeing these appearances of him and it's he's the same but he's different and it's jesus and and then at the end of a period of time he gathers them all together tells them to go wait in jerusalem and then he rises up into heaven before their eyes and i mean when it's happening you can hear the kind of oh and the choir what about when it's done and the clouds close back up and they're standing there 
Imagine that moment. What was that? And you just need to know, these are regular people. They're faithful. They'd seen incredible things. They followed Jesus. They were disciples. But they're disoriented. And so they go, they gather, and they do the one thing they know Jesus had taught them to do. The one way to tie in and to connect with something eternal, something real, something spiritual. So they pray. And they're so dependent, it's constant. They, and they get it. Flip over to Acts chapter 2 now. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we're told, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. What were they doing? Yes, because constant. They were constantly praying. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. Now understand that, those little words, like the sound. A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be, note those words, what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came to rest on each of them. They're trying to the best of their ability. Luke is trying to describe something they didn't have words for. They're trying to use our language, our experiences, our mental pictures and images to describe something they'd never seen before. It was a sound like a blowing, was it a blowing mighty wind? Maybe, maybe not. Because it just says it was a sound like it. So you can imagine this rumble, this roaring, this sound. Was it actual tongues of fire? It says what seemed to be. Something happened, there was a manifestation, and these, what seemed to be tongues of fire came and rested on each of them, the Scripture says. And then it goes on to say what was happening. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, the Spirit of God, the Spirit Jesus had promised. Jesus used the phrase counselor, the comforter. He would come. It is the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is not a force. It is the very presence of Jesus, His Spirit, resident in us. And they were filled. Sometimes the phrase is used baptized, which means immersed. Sometimes the, phrase, the term is used filled, which means overflowing, so full it's overflowing. Whatever phrase you want to use, the Bible uses those, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, languages they didn't know. Well, people from all around, because this is Pentecost, so there's Jews from all over the region, all over the world who are there, they hear the gospel being proclaimed in their own languages from people who shouldn't be able to speak our language. And they're kind of shocked. They don't know how to process that. Verse 12 says, amazed and perplexed, they, these people, ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. You need to understand there's always going to be those two responses in the midst of the power of God. When the power of God is displayed, some people will be amazed and go, something's going on here and I need to know more. Others are going to be unwilling to deal with it and are going to find the shortest, quickest way to dismiss it. And for these, it was to make fun of them. <laughs> They're a little sauced early in the day. They kind of they hit the cask a little early, didn't they? Peter gets up. Verse 14, stood up with the 11, raised his voice, addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And they knew what that was. They were good religious Jews. And then Peter starts to quote. 
In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision, visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days, and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens and above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what Peter is saying is remember that prophecy about the last days. He's saying, guys, we're in the last days. He's letting them know this is what was promised. Your sons and your daughters, young men, young women, old men, old women, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to prophesy, see visions, dream dreams because of the power of God's spirit among us. And what he's saying is those last days they've started. It's not the last day, the great and glorious day of the Lord, but the last days, Peter's saying, are upon us. And folks, I'll tell you, they're still upon us, according to the scripture. Now, Peter then tells them about Jesus. Tells them about how the Jesus that you rejected and crucified. And it says they, they're pierced. And they ask the Acts 2.37 question, which is, what should we do? What do we do with this? And I think people still ask that when they come to church. They hear the word. They're convicted. They're challenged. And the, the natural question is, what should we do? And Peter answers them. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Listen, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It wasn't just for them. It wasn't a one-time thing. It is for all of them, for their children, for all whom the Lord will call, which means, folks, it is for all of us. This is powerful. Now, what this means is when we pray, we're not praying to God out there. Because when we become a follower of Jesus, his spirit comes to reside in us. We're not praying to God out there. We're praying to God right here. And that changes things. That gets it pretty close and personal. Scripture says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He literally, spiritually dwells in us. Now, interesting kind of passage that gives a little more light in Acts 3 and Acts chapter 4, we find that Peter and John are involved in a prayer that heals a crippled man. The authorities, the religious authorities are bothered. Oh, we thought we were rid of Jesus. Now these guys are doing it again, his followers. And so they arrest him. And in front of the, this, these leaders, they have this conversation about Jesus. And ultimately, they're released, but they go back to where the other believers are, and they have this significant time of prayer. And we see this long prayer in Acts chapter 4. And then Acts 4.31 says this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They were all filled. Wait a minute, but I thought these guys were all filled in Acts chapter 2. Yeah, I, don't, I think we need to be very careful. We don't think of the infilling of the Holy Spirit as a one-time thing. Most people believe that when we become followers of Jesus Christ, the Spirit dwells in us and we are filled with the spirit some believe there's a second experience of the infilling either way what i want you to understand is these people were continually being filled they were filled in acts 2 they were then filled again in acts 4 and i want to suggest that the context this idea of being filled is what the scripture is talking about the scripture is always the best commentary on itself isn't it 
I just said, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> just want to make sure you're awake. I thought I lost you there. I love the passage in Ephesians where it says, do not be drunk with wine, wherein with excess, or for this is dissipation, but rather be filled with the Spirit. I think that is a beautiful commentary on what the infilling of the Spirit is like. Don't be drunk with wine. What, how do we say it? Under the influence. Don't be under the influence of alcohol because this leads to sin. Don't be under the influence of alcohol to the point of excess because it dissipates you. But rather, instead, be filled. Be under the influence of the Spirit. Be under the influence of God's Spirit. That's what being filled with the Spirit means, having so much of the Spirit that He's the one who's leading. He's the one who's guiding. I am filled with the Spirit. That's what we're talking about. But what's interesting in this passage, when they were filled, it says the place they prayed and the place where their meeting was shaken. I want you to make note of that phrase. In Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist said this. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He's talking about Jesus. He's introducing them to, there's another one coming. And then he says of Jesus, he will baptize you, he, he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I just want to ask you this morning, as we go deeper in prayer, this relationship, are you willing, the Spirit in us, to be baptized, immersed, filled to the point of overflowing and under the influence? As prayer takes us deeper, are you willing be baptized with fire. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear this full, unedited message all over again and this series, it's available right now as a free download. You can even see the video podcast at the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come visit River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times again at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.